0: Howdy gang, thank you for tuning to Back Band Barbells. I am Joe Shimonic, and today's episode features uh, Trent Fisher from the Born and Raised Crew. And um, we talk a bunch about, hey, what you should be doing right now um, to gear up for your fall hunting season. Uh, We also get into uh, neighborhood deer. And um, a couple other fun things, uh, sneaking in some training stuff. It's actually a great just roundabout, cover all bases episode. Hope you really enjoy it. Um, And making this episode possible, guys, we want to thank show sponsor Ellsworth Socks, guys. Uh, Check their socks out. The um, greatest, most advanced um, v Channel patented socks. In fact, um, you know Trent is stomping around in a pair of these, and uh, you'll hear himself in the, the episode uh, give a shout out to those socks. So uh, check them out, guys. Um, two year warranty or two year trade in, however you want to call it. Um, the, I'm telling you guys, uh, most durable sock you guys can get. In fact, not only is Trent talking about these, um, I'll give you a quick review. Just got a text, um, past guest on the show. Um, Brett with, uh, tail out anglers. He, uh, actually just sent me this text. Just got back from a 36 mile backpacking trip. Um, wore those socks. Those socks were the Ellsworth socks the entire time. Ended up with a small blister at about mile 34, but doubt it was the socks fault. My feet were noticeably drier than regular wool socks those socks are legit how about that man um super cool he actually did that hike through the um i don't know where the paystat and wilderness area is um uh where quarantine crazy people don't venture how about that so uh brett's getting after it and some great socks guys you will too i know fall's getting around if you're looking for that last piece of gear to uh put your trip over the top to keep you drier, comfier, happier, I think Ellsworth Socks can do it. So check it out, guys. Um, And without further pause or mention of um, uh, great gear or socks, because there's enough in this episode, Uh, here is Trent Fisher um, with Born and Raised. Thanks a bunch. Take care, and train, hunt, and live your best life possible trent fisher um uh, born and raised crew uh, just slightly south of us a uh, big inspiration to me um and starting my hunting journey so um you know it's almost like a yearly phone call trent you know i'll just i'll send you a little workout see what you think and then you haphazardly respond and then i go to you into a podcast so uh thanks for doing this again uh it's a good time and um, i appreciate it brother
1: Oh, no problem, man. No problem. I, I I actually enjoy this kind of stuff. It's a, it's a lot of fun. If someone, if there's just one person that could possibly learn something from anything that all the <laughs> stupid things that come out of my mouth, I'm, I'm excited about it.
0: Well, I will. I mean, in particular, and not to just jump right into it. Um, I'll come back to this question in a moment, but I will be hunting Oregon for the first time. So in particular, I'll, 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 I'll ring your ear a little bit. So I'm going to learn something. And to be honest, like, you know, um, I go at podcasting. Yeah, I want to help folks. But to me, it's a learning process for myself. Like if I can be bought in by putting out content, then I know I'm going to get into it. It's just a it's a cool level of learning for me in particular. So selfishly, that's why I do it. I mean, as you guys continue to create content, I mean, everyone likes to say the thing that they want to help everybody. Right. But Mm -hmm. but but is there is there a selfish thing reason that you do it? I mean, (laughs) honestly, come on. Well, why do you do it for you? I mean, come on, there's got to be something.
1: Well, uh, it doesn't hurt that it pays the bills and it makes me a living. I guess there
0: it is. I like
1: it, <laughs> but uh, that's. I mean, yeah. I, I. I guess I couldn't do it without that, obviously. But, um, but no, I, I honestly do. I mean, it's. I think it's the most question that we get, versus whether it's DMs or emails or it's. Um, I think it's kind of the same way I, what you're into you know it's it's yep. it's showing people that they can break down barriers that they didn't think that they could do before and sure. uh that just like fuels me that excites me to be able to possibly do that for for somebody no it's
0: addicting i mean i teach middle school and, and it's not because yeah. they're not screw-ups it's not because they're you know they don't have behavior issues it's because every now and then you watch the light bulb turn on and you could beat a kid over the head with cues and instructions and mod this and try that. And like, eventually like there's this accumulation moment where it's like, Oh, okay. He's got it. And it's addicting. It's cool. So um, I'm sure as you guys get more and more popular, there's more and more stories. I got my first, this, I did that. Um, Any, any, um, any relays that haven't been on the big media yet that have kind of fueled your fire to keep this thing going?
1: Just, uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I think we're going to get into it in a little bit, like nutrition wise, a little bit and stuff, and just just like the little things that I've been blessed to actually be able to talk to people that are like the best in their field. I guess I would say, and it's been really really cool how many doors that's opened in a different cool. facet. So so yeah, stuff like that is just uh, it's 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 fun, man.
0: Branching out, love it. Yeah. So let me, I'll ask you a funny question. I just dropped my daughter off at, um, not to completely switch gears, but I just dropped my daughter off at gymnastics. Okay. And uh, on the way home, DuPont is an interesting spot. We're definitely the burbs. You know, we got JBLM on the right, uh, Olympia to the south, uh, Tacoma to the north. But in between there is a healthy blacktail population that's untouchable. And uh, there are giant neighborhood deer. And I just saw, like, I, I'm telling you, it was a nice five-by-five blacktail buck just, like, Whoa. munching away. And I'm telling you, like, Jeremy lost his drawers on a blacktail, and this one was bigger than that. Like, this this was a nice deer that anybody would like to have. Um, neighborhood animals are interesting. And along with our healthy blacktail population, there's also a bear running around DuPont now that's slowly, like, getting a reputation and, like neighborhood animals in your area are they untouchable i mean there's you know there's laws in dupont i mean even <laughs> if you did get into one i mean how much trouble would you get into and and it's just you get out in the wild to see these things and then they're in your they're in center drive where you grow up and people are like well how are you not successful they're everywhere <laughs> <laughs> this, this idea of neighborhood critters just popping out right now and this guy was in full velvet i mean he was comfortable and it was awesome. I, I stopped and watched him for seven minutes, you know, but then if I didn't have this podcast, I might still be there. I mean, he was one of the nicest deers I've seen on, on the West coast.
1: Yeah, no, we have uh, I'm I, I, fortunate enough. I live a little bit out. I'm out of city limits at least here, at Myrtle point. And so anyway, and so we have, we have yard deer, you know, we've yep. got the, I, I, you know, and I, I have some minerals and stuff like that to so hopefully they, it makes them healthy and stuff that I feed them. And so we got deer that, I mean, we have one that my daughter can actually pet. She can touch. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and little doe, but, um, but no, every year that brings in the bucks. Right. But Wyatt, my son, he knows there's, we don't kill yard bucks. That's just a rule. We don't, we can't okay. kill, we can't kill yard bucks. So, and nothing big like, you know, like you're seeing, I'm talking little fork and horns and little three points and stuff like that. But um, but no, that's the rule at the house. You can't kill a yard deer. So it's, uh, it, there has been neighbors though that have shot them just right outside my field. Right. I mean, right back behind my house here, you know, so it's, uh, it is what it is at that point. You can
0: shoot the neighbor's yard bucks, but not your own.
1: Is that, is that what we're thinking? Correct. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It depends on, it depends on whose buck it is, I guess, but, but no, we, um, like in my backfield here, we shoot clay pigeons and stuff like that all the time and stuff. So it's, it's pretty open as far as, as far as what we can do, but, yeah, we got the rule. You got to at least drive somewhere to go hunting. Okay. There's got to be a hunting experience rather than the front porch experience, right?
0: So you have to create your opportunistic moment outside of the boundaries of your own home. Is yeah. that fair enough to say? I, I think it's
1: fair. I think <laughs> yeah. it's fair for, for everyone. I
0: hear you. I hear you. Yeah, and, and they're all not giants like this guy. I mean, this is there's one that I've labeled the king of DuPont, and he just every now and then crosses the road, and he's got a big fat belly. He'll die of old age. Um, And it's just interesting. It's cool to see them all velveted out, but you know, you can sit there and watch them and learn a thing or two about them. Like when they're so comfortable and you watch what they're eating there, maybe it's something that can transfer over to to what you're doing there. But it's interesting. They almost become pets, you know, and I don't know if it helps or hurts. Hunting game or not? I mean, what, what
1: do you think? It, about well, that? and in the city side of things, that's the whole thing. Like, I stopped feeding my deer a while back. um Like, especially like this time of year because they have babies, and sure. the babies aren't smart for crossing the road. Neither, you know, full uh, adult deer. But it just and I live by a. It's not a highway by any means, but it's an old backcountry road. But you know how people go fast sometimes, and there's you know they get hit. So anyway, that's just one thing that's just like that just I don't know it's uh, it's you bring them in you tame them and then you know I don't want to use that team's a terrible word but it then you know a, a car hits them and you kind of feel responsible. so sure yeah. So I'll like, when I feed the deer, I'll go out a ways, a ways away. So they are not close to roads and stuff like that. Cause that's probably what that big buck at some point, he's probably going to get either die of old age or hit by a car.
0: Probably. I don't know, to. man. He's been around. I've been watching him since I've been here. I send pictures of him to Jeremy. Um, <laughs> we'll see. You know what I mean? So I don't know, but yeah, I, I almost, it, it's interesting, right? Cause you want the kids to see them. I want the kids to see them because I wouldn't be comfortable with them, but I don't want to see them dead on the side of the road. But I also know in the back of my mind, I don't know how much of service I'm doing by feeding it, right? By, by, by habituating them to, 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 you know.
1: Yeah. So around here we had that uh, hair loss. It went around really, really bad. And a lot of the deer, you could tell it just made a dent in the population. So that's why I was doing the minerals thing. I'd go to the feed store and I would just get the minerals, the deer minerals. They sell them there and stuff just to make them a little more healthy and strong so they get some different minerals than what they're sure. normally getting in the grass and the fields and stuff like that. So that was my intentions, and uh, if it worked or not, I have no idea. But
0: You're trying to play veterinarian if, yeah, I just, over there. I, just, I justified it, man. I justified it. So. I hear you. Go for it. We're all trying to do our best. But, you know, it's, exactly. it, it speaks a little bit to what's interesting with what we're currently going on with this COVID situation. Like, I just don't know if any high-density populations of anything – I think we're reaching a really interesting spot with all that. And maybe yeah. if there's anything that may maybe this COVID situation brings to light, or even if you kind of look at like the um is it Idaho that has the feeding program where they're afraid to get CWD. There was a uh the cool documentary I picked up through the mediator podcast called Feeding the Problem, which kind of talks about this and where they're yeah. having some real debates about just like you said, you want to help, right? But then when you congregate all these people, and, and this goes for humans as well, into these tight-knit situations, you know, without space and exercise and the right kind of equation of different nutrients, you're kind of creating interesting, interesting dilemmas,
1: right? Oh, hundred percent. No. And I think it, I think it kind of feeds to the human nature, right? Of like, Oh man, how do I help it? And yeah, guess what? Human nature, not human nature, but just nature is brutal. It's like, it's not fair. It's not, you know, it's the strong survive pretty much, you know? So it's, it's a whole different dynamic of, of things, right?
0: Yeah. There was a feller um, there's a uh, nutritionalist that I really like. Uh, Check out a gentleman named Rob Wolf. He wrote a book way back called Paleo solution Um, He's got another cool book called um, – well, it goes on how eating affects your brain, but his current book called Sacred Cow discusses how um, different – you know, meat's getting a bad name for lots of things, but, you know, the the conversation – you know, through commenting we were having was about vaccines and waiting on one. I'm like, well, I ain't waiting on a vaccine. I'm doing pushups and eating real food, you know I mean? Like, and and to be honest, like for me, if in this current situation, this health dilemma, if you can't wait till Friday to eat your cake or your kid's birthday and and you're reluctant to get active, you know, to kind of boost up your immune system, then you probably have some situations coming to you that you might deserve, you know, COVID or not. Like, come on. I hope that this, I hope that this situation puts the microscope on ourselves to say what can i do to get healthier because yeah. i think there's options for everybody no matter where you're starting
1: oh each of us have a responsibility to ourselves definitely definitely
0: well let's step up that physical capacity responsibility you guys as always at born and raised are putting out some really cool youtube content and i've i've i really like how what you've done recently this year it seems like rather than getting the whole crew together and attacking everything like you're putting different little spins on it. And uh, I, I the, the video that I thought was really cool recently was uh, Trevor and Steve getting after it at the Northwest Training Center and oh, yeah. uh, doing all kinds of stuff. It looked like they were getting uh, different different modalities in and getting ready for elk season. And, you know, I love seeing guys prep for things. And I think that there's probably not one way to do it. But I think if you steal from everybody and you can eventually develop your own, um, they're, they're going a different route. At least from their video and getting some personal training in and, and getting some looks at some different stuff, um, folks should check out that video. Go to the Born and Raised YouTube channel, check it out. But does your training look like that? I mean, um, how are you prepping? I don't have. To, I no don't words? do the.
1: I don't do the <laughs> altitude training. Okay, like good. They have I, 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 no, they have all the machines there and everything, and 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 they also pay for it. So I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do not. No, I, I um, actually did a podcast with a couple guys. Um, Ryan and Mike, anyway, they, uh, they, they started this company kind of, they're, they're not launching yet. So it's still kind of in the infancy, but um, anyway, called Fuel the Pursuit. And after that podcast, I I actually was fortunate enough to kind of dive in and and meet them at a more personal level. And they were so awesome, man. They've been, we we do like uh, biweekly calls and stuff. And he, and they, what they did is kind of built me a program around what I need. And, and it, it's based around, it's a lot like what you've got going on. It's based around, you know, being better in, in the mountains, in the back country. And uh, what, as, as athletes, I would say, you know, we, we can go out and we can probably push our brains to do certain things, which I've done in the past. It's like, my body may not be up to it, but my brain says, you're not quitting. You're just going to do this. And sure. so then you do it, you know? And, um, anyway, and so, so this, what I'm doing now is it's more based around getting my body in shape for just like being able to conquer more, that you know actually actually be ready for it instead of having to dive into that hole. man i don't want to do this my body doesn't want to do this but i'm gonna do this you know so and 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 it's it's put me a new outlook i guess on hunting a little bit as well as far as as far as you know It it, I i don't want to say it brought the fun back because it's always been fun but if it's not excruciating and fun how much more fun would that be right
0: yeah that's right that's the that's that thing like you know we were out at Rainier with our friends, my friend eloped right, and I actually officiated the wedding, which was oh cool. there you go. It was pretty neat i put wrote a little story, I worked it out, but it was a great, beautiful day, but then all of a sudden that I'm telling you the temperature dropped like twenty degrees, and it went from like sixty eight base of Mount Rainier sunny to 46 degrees like this the kids are crying they're freaking out the bride's doing this shivering and then the photographer is like well i brought champagne and cheese let's get this toast and everyone was just like we jumped in the car heated up real quick found a new spot did it but you know that kind of misery you look back on with more reverence than you know just having a great day you need a little bit of misery in it so of of the new stuff you're doing with the fuel uh, fuel the fire crew uh, is is there a new exercise that you've learned to love uh, that you um, think transferable <laughs> to this whole
1: mountain game? Yeah, it's fuel uh, fuel the pursuit. Fuel the pursuit. Called. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my favorite, honestly, is is I have a I. I have a mountain bike that I bike on, and a little trailer that I pack my pack in, and because I hate riding a bike with a weighted pack on, I just hate it. It just kills you. kills my kills my butt. But anyway, so what I do is I have about a five mile ride um, that I go on, and then it goes to this old cat road which is kind of like up our game. You know, this is how we cut our teeth on elk hunting, you know, on these old cat roads and stuff. And, and then I'll put on my weighted pack and I'll hike that it's, it's really steep and it goes up and around. And, and um, and, and that's one of my favorite, favorite ways cause it kind of introduces biking and hiking and it's, it's, it's a switch of things in the middle. It's not just like one thing. And, but no, I know what I hate. I've got, I've got, I've got a couple of those. The you know the step ups and stuff like that yeah, with a yeah, yeah. pack on. And but it's really, really trained me uh, a lot, a lot better. And, and um, anyway, I'm almost 15 pounds down right now. before going into season, so pretty excited about that. And and um, but what Mike and Ryan have done for me more. I mean, the training side. I only I work out four days a week. Uh, it's all I don't do like over the top as far as, as far as every day. If I, if I can, I'll do five, but usually, you know, and our lives are so busy these days yeah, that's everything. Right. And so you just kind of get it in. But as far as the nutrition wise of it, these guys, I mean, they haven't got it so dialed. I mean, down to, they are, I mean, if you've talked to Ryan, he is like the stickler on everything he knows. I mean, he's done, every single like diet if you will that there is under the moon and 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 knowing your 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 uh what do they call it the metabolic flexibility how about that okay okay oh yeah oh yeah and i'm the type of guy i'm on the other end of the spectrum i'm the type of guy that as working with them and everything and and it was just like hey guys i don't mean to be a jerk or nothing like that but just tell me what I need to do. I don't, I, I, you know, they have studied all this and they, I mean, in depth and, um, and anyway, and I'm the guy that's just like, if you tell me, I'll believe you. I, I believe that, you know? And so they're like, well, that's going to be easy. So they just wrote out a plan for me and that's what i have been doing.
0: Well, there's a couple things in there that as a strength and conditioning coach myself, like really stand out one, you're fully invested in the process, right? You're buying into it and sure. you could be on the wrong program. And if you believe into it, believe in it, it It'll work. I mean, I think that there's something crazy about humans in that, in that sense. So trusting your coaches is a good thing. But even like what I really like too, is as you're getting closer to elk season, it seems like your training looks like the actual event rather than, rather than um, just hoping that a Turkish get up. Is going to get you through the woods. And I don't yeah. even want to talk about a Turkish getup.
1: Okay? <laughs> That's a great exercise. Everyone it should looks do them. So <laughs> simple until you try to do it with a water bottle, with a water bottle in your hand,
0: or if, or on your fist. You know, if you really want to up your game, put a put. A, well, I don't know if you're. It. I don't know if you're a bourbon drinker, but uh, if you put if you put a nice bourbon on your fist and try and do a Turkish getup, you will slow down and do it right because you don't want to
1: drop. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. But but
0: what's cool is I think if you do take a movement like the Turkish getup and you're practicing it all year and you worry about the finer details, as you get into like that month window that we're in where you're almost in like preseason season and it looks like it you know there's certain there's certain attributes to that movement that adjust Just your sure. core uh force you to get into that lunge and you're pressing you're 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 engaging those primal movement patterns that are that are important and now with where you're at you're 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 pushing the pack you're pushing the bike and and hopefully that that um the, that stuff transfers over to what your sport looks like but you only figure that out by actually doing it a little bit um do do you have um are you governing your, your intensity, though? Because the other thing that I, I think that's important at this point in the game, even me, like I kind of tweak my back a little bit, but the, the idea is now is you have to be conservative because now you're in that injury window where if you screw something up, the season's over.
1: Oh, man. No, I've thought about this so much, and it it started out, honestly, like that. This last uh, early spring, I sprained my ankle really, really bad, and it just, honestly, I mean, not only just physically, but mentally and everything, it really put me in kind of a downward downward spiral, to be Mm -hmm. honest with you. It was so, it just took the wind out of my sails, and it was just like, I'm, you know, with an injury kind of like that, it's one of those, you know, you've got a baby it. you've got, it's really a slow progress to get it back. And it was just so frustrating to me because I couldn't just like power through the pain and just be like, ah, oh, I'm going to get better. You know, it wasn't one of those things. And um, anyway, that, it really, really affected me in, in, a, in a lot of different ways. But, um, but yeah, I've, I've been doing well as far as, you know, getting back and kind of PT and just that ankle and getting it better. And, and I feel a lot better now, but um But yeah, I totally understand what you're saying as far as um, getting ready for your certain. We're not getting any younger, man. Yeah, (laughs)
0: that's right.
1: right. It goes without saying we're not getting any younger, and so that was what was cool about what Mike and Ryan did for me as far as they just put a workout directed towards. Okay, I'm going to be gone for 45 days hunting, you know, straight through. Let's put out a workout just for that and and then and then also the food the the nutrition side of thing let's let's do that and and i'm still trying to dial i'll be totally honest i'm still trying to dial the nutrition side of thing as far as i mean in the past i've eaten fruit roll-ups and you name it i mean i just kind of oh man that looks good you know and so now i'm actually fueling my body in certain ways and, and i haven't really I I need to, again, it's timing wise and it's probably just my fault, but I need to dial that nutrition side of things in. And they've got a lot of, a lot of plans for me there too.
0: Well, it's also the point too, like we're, what do they say? I mean, I didn't grow up in the country uh, with the haze in the barn or something. Like, I mean, eventually that's what you got. Right. And we're kind of getting close to like, the hunting season or game day where what you got's what you got. Right. And, but, but nutrition is definitely a place to tinker. We actually had a um, functional medicine doc on uh, a girl named Kristen Oja out of Atlanta and she's real big on the gut biome and the belly. And Mm -hmm. we got into a conversation that, you know, what you need to start to do getting into um, elk camp, or if you're going to be on one of these extended hunts is, yeah, you want to dial in your nutrition, but sometimes the counter to that is if you're not going to eat now like you're going to be eating in camp, you could you could take a step back. Is is there a thought with that? Because I know, you know, we, we rely on dehydrated meals and and Cody gives out a great tip about putting some instant mashed potatoes to thicken up thicken up your mountain house when things get sure. interesting. But you know, if you if you build the Ferrari and then try to fuel it with with diesel out in camp. You know, that's gonna be an issue. So is is there thought with that in, in your nutrition plan too? Are they looking that far forward?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, no, and that's, it's, it's already and this is a little bit of my bad too, is just not just getting things done. I got a I just got a dehydrator, I just had it show up the other day and I still haven't got to play with it, you know, those kind of stuff just to do my own meals, you know, and, sure. and really delve into it that way. And I think for a lot of people, I think it's a little bit of therapy too. You know, you're, you're going into the hunt way before the hunt even starts. And I tell a lot Mm -hmm. of people this as far as like, I get emails all the time. Hey man, I'm going to Colorado. Where do you think I should go? You know, it's like, man, start your hunt right now. Not with asking me where to go. You start your hunt right now and be like, okay, I'm invested in this progress. And I mean, in this process of the whole thing, the hunt is just, I mean, an afterthought of all the planning and, and the anticipation that goes into it. So, so yeah, no, I'm I'm getting dialed with that. Uh, like I said, I haven't been as, as as vigilant as I should, and like have these meals prepared prepared yet. Um, but I'm getting I'm, I'm getting closer to that, and that's what this next week's all about. It's all about food prep and stuff. But I totally understand what you're saying as far as uh, the Ferrari with diesel kind of thing, and that's what that I'm not saying it's a worry for me, but it's one of those things where I've been doing the the training like I said the biking and the hiking and um and so it's it's kind of similar I mean obviously of what I'll be doing so I'm I'm pretty darn close as far as like probably not at the intensity of you know 15 mile days day after day after day probably I'm not that you know uh I'm not right there right now but I'm 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 getting close to that you know replicating what I'm going to be doing how about that
0: Very cool. Yeah. And, and I, I think you're right on it with that. I mean, but my thing too is maybe, um, I like the idea of like your hardest, I picked this thing up from uh, guys at Westside barbell and Louis Simmons trains like the strongest guys in the world out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, look him up. He's a complete madman. And, and I don't know if I've ever reached like physical capacities that, that his athletes have. I mean, you're talking about world-class power lifters and Olympic sprinters and some things like that. But his thought is, you know, when you're at high end capacities, there's there's probably a three-week window and about three weeks out from camp or three weeks out from your event, you're probably the best you're going to be. So at that, I always walk back from camp or walk back from my weightlifting meet three weeks and that's my window. Like that three weeks out, I want that to be my hardest training day. So that's the day right now for my, in, in that little program I had sent you, that's the day where I want to do the longest pack, the heaviest pack the fastest effort. And then based off that, I'll start to taper to camp. Um, that, that's something that, that, that I found that works in weightlifting and I'll trying to transfer it to elk camp. But the, the thing about elk camp that's different and you, t- I'm worried about doing a, uh, a, a 10 day backpacking hunt for the first time. <laughs> you're talking about 45 days and and it looks yeah. like you guys are doing land of the free 2.0 and you're going back to that whole situation where you're, you're, um, yeah. 3.0, excuse me, where you're, uh, you're going to be accumulating those days i don't know if you could you could train for that
1: <laughs> i mean having yeah. done it can you i mean I, honestly <laughs> i think i think you can be better prepared i mean i think yeah, you yeah. can be better prepared obviously but um, but no when i did uh when we did 1.0 the very first land of the free we came up with this harebrained idea to go hunting every day and and document our journey in five different States. And, um, anyway, it was, it was life changing for me just to see what that looked like. Cause we never done it. And I didn't even know anybody that ever done it. And so I did 53 days straight. And, um, I also said i 'll never do that again, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, but this year 's going to be a long one as well. I think this one will be a it 'll be a good one but um but yeah, no you you, you can get prepared for it, but sure. you never know like the physical stuff like i mean there 's just things that you can 't prepare for like weather patterns and stuff like usually we'd like to hang our meat in the backcountry if we can especially for six miles or whatever in and we still go hunting we still you know keep hunting around and stuff if if the temperatures allow but you know say it's going to be 85 degrees every day we can't find that cool of a spot to hang the meat we got to get that out of that you know mm-hmm. so it's like your body is demanded at that point hey it's time to pack meat for two days you know for a whole day straight or something you know and it, it's like you have to have that energy level right now and it's it's, so you can't, you can't prepare for some of the stuff, but um, most of it, I think, yeah, I I think it's, it's, you know, it's all relevant, right?
0: One aspect of that that I just kind of popped into my head that it has to be tough. I know for me, I had a little bit of a back flare. And as I walk back to what happened, I'm like, we've been traveling a lot sitting in the car sucks. Um, and it's, it's pretty tough. I mean, do you guys take any proactive measures to like, okay, when we get out of the car, this is the protocol just to kind of mobilize or is, is there any thought to that? Cause as I'm brainstorming, I'm like, huh, that, that to me would seem the biggest challenge dealing with, cause you're moving and grooving. And if you switch spots, not only are you packing out camp, you want, then you also want to hit the ground running. But if, if you, if you don't sharpen the ax or, uh, um, you know, some motion on them joints you're probably that's that's a spot where a sprain or something could 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 pop through I mean uh, how do you guys man is there any thought to managing the, the, the road miles
1: yeah we've been really foolish in the past I'll be totally honest and 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 been very fortunate as well by not having the injuries I mean back in the day when we first started doing this we would drive I, I literally where I'm sitting right now is 37 feet elevation sure I, I have uh, tide, <laughs> tide waters just like Oh, uh, 150 yards for me right now is the yeah. tidewater. So I'm sitting at that. We would get in the pickups. We would drive clear to Colorado, 26 hours straight, yeah. all night long, switching off drivers. We would show up at the trailhead sometimes at 11 o'clock at night and already have our packs already packed and everything and show up at 9,500 feet throw on our packs and take off after sitting in the pickup for 26 hours straight to go, but <laughs> probably the dumbest thing you can do. Yeah. Sure. But at the same time, when you only have, a, you know, a two weeks to hunt for a season, you may, you, you try to maximize every single minute. So, but yeah, it's just, sometimes I think that, and like I said, we're getting all older. So Trevor's back, he's had some back issues and stuff. Mm. And so we'll all be like, okay, Trevor, no take the take this lighter pack you just take some burger meat or whatever a front shoulder maybe or something like that and um just because i mean one injury one stupid move leads to it can lead to just catastrophic you know your whole hunting season so (laughs) it's, it's a big deal. And it's something that we've probably overlooked a lot in the past, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely, definitely at the forefront each, each year as we get older and we do this more, it's, it's, you can definitely see it. Um, yeah, the ankle sprain that I had, there's, I would have been done. I would have been done.
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Have you ever messed with any compression therapy? Like, um, there's some really simple products. Like I know one of them, um, I used to be involved with a group called mobility wad that now does um, they're called the ready state, but they have these, and again, this comes out of the powerlifting community. You're talking about guys who push their body. It's guys who are trying to total 3000 pounds and do it with gear and whatever. But some of the therapy that I found instant relief, especially like harder joints, like ankles and elbows is this compression therapy where you just get a little neoprene or a little rubber band. It's about two inches thick. You just, you pretty much would wrap the piss out of your ankle until you cut off the circulation. You go through some dorsiflexion. You can do some calf raises, try to keep it on for two to three minutes, but you know, you, you kind of close off the blood supply and then you get this fusion of new blood in there. It's it's a really interesting process, but it alleviates pains. It's done some cool stuff. It might be something to, and they're pretty light. You know, I keep one in my pack. Oh, really? um, when i go in the back country because and i've, I've used it jeremy's had some ankle issues and um guys had some issues and, and and it's a really quick healthy fix it's something that it's something oh, that you can do quick so um maybe i'll we'll have to send what that looks like over to you guys It might be something to tinker with
1: yeah no, i've never never looked into something like that uh no i mean i've wrapped my ankles a lot but yeah yeah never something like that yeah
0: so if you could imagine your standard ace bandage this would right. be like a rubber version and right. you would like a, I mean, some folks who don't feel like buying the band, they'll take a kid's bike tire, split it down the middle, and they'll wrap with that. Gotcha. Um, but but it's a great it's a great therapy. Look it up. There's some cool guys doing it. My favorite. You might like this guy. YouTube a fella named Donnie Thompson. He 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 also, along with doing these compression sleeves, he introduced Kelly Starrett to the compression therapy. He does this great. He does this great um, therapy called body tempering. Uh-huh. And Donnie was the first guy to total three thousand pounds. You know, I have I have a seventy-seven pound tube and a sixty-six pound tube. I can combine them together, and you would uh, foam roll your ankles with these tubes, or just let them sit on the bottoms of your feet. But the thought is, like these big burly guys aren't going to get much out of a foam roll, right? right. So right. It, it's it's intense therapy, but it's super helpful. And Donnie was a guy who. Just like us, right? We're older. We want to stay stronger. We don't want to lose our superpowers. He's like, you know, I can't. You know, I'm not going to mess around with something that, you know, soccer moms doing clamshells. You know, I need to bump <laughs> my game up. So, so, something to think about, gang. Check it out. But um, let's let's switch gears into to some hunting things. I know as we're getting into like, you know, guys want guys want to figure out ways to be better and to find elk. In particular, like, I'm trying to take pressure off Jeremy you know, he's the hunting mentor. He's helped me out a lot. He's always picking spots, deciding what to do. And and I've kind of taken on this like e-scouting thing. Like I want to, I yeah. want to find spots. I want to do things. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of that going on right now. And even your guys' content, you, you guys are putting your, your thing in there. And you know, there's all kinds of like elk finding features you can look at. And um, rather than like have paralysis by analysis and look for a drainage, a slope, this, that, is there in your travels hunting colorado from oregon and all over is there a particular elk finding feature um or you know uh, a, an e-scouting uh point that point is tip? Trans- yeah that's kind of transferable to to no matter where you are
1: yeah man I, we get this question all of the time yeah. just like and It's been, it's been amazing. I think, you know, you just look at the last, just let's just say 10 years, let's say 10 years, last 10 years of technology. You know, it's, it's amazing how you can take an area and you could go, you know, okay, I've never been there before, but I don't even have to put my boots on the ground and I can check that place out pretty intensely, you know, and um, with Onyx maps and, and uh, all these kind of things, it's just, it's simple. It's right at our fingertips, and it's almost you're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't done that kind of work ahead of time. It's the same thing as we're just talking about for physical, right? It's the same thing. It's it's prepping your body, but yet yet it's prepping your 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 um, your confidence for one. Hey, I know there's a wallow out here. I know there's a whatever. You know you can you can get all those things down way before you even get on the on the spot. But we're looking for we're looking for roadless a lot of it is and i think i think you can throw that term around pretty heavily too as far as okay yeah there's a lot of hunters out there there was this big craze i would say up to what three years ago about the back country right everything's i got to get in the back country um and we we yeah we bought on to that you're not you're not hunting unless you're five miles away from the truck sure. you know what i mean and it's like anymore it's been like okay yeah we're 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 hunting when we get off the road and the closer i can kill one to a road you're the good more the more <laughs> jacked i am <laughs> so so, so yeah, no, it's it's it goes all over the map. So we're not exactly looking for places that are super, super way back in there on trails and wilderness stuff. Um, we're just looking for that one to three mile zone that has the habitat we need, some good south facing slope, some good timber. I like uh, and and some parks and stuff that they can, you know, that kind of meadowy stuff is what I'm talking about there. So they, I mean, elk are very simple. I mean, they need they need a bedding area, they need food, and they need water. And usually in in the rut. So I'm looking for these benches and these flats. They like to rut on flatter stuff. Yeah, they'll traverse across nasty canyons and, and steep stuff, but they like to see their cows. They like to be able to look at what they've got and in that time of year, a lot of other times of year I mean, they'll bet up on just horrible, nasty stuff, but, uh, that time of year, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you don't have to go into the nastiest of nasty to kill an elk. I think you can do it almost anywhere as long as you've done your homework beforehand. And that's where that scouting thing comes in.
0: Yeah. I would be guilty of that in particular. Like, you know, you wanted, I call it tin cup syndrome, yeah, you you've yeah. seen the movie Tin Cup, you know, old old awesome. Kev, old Kevin Costner. He's like, well, what if I cross that infested water without the boat? You know, and it's just like, sometimes you just want to, I wonder if it's just ego. I want to go further and harder, not, not to kill elk so I can tell people I did it. Like, it's just a masochistic journey to just prove that you're tough, right? And at the end of the day, you want meat in the freezer. Um,
1: they didn't but, come here to
0: see me lay <laughs> up. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's, exactly <laughs> right. that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So... So I mean they they are to be found by the trailhead sometimes. I mean and and I think the one thing to consider too is maybe it's not just the tough stuff that's far away, but maybe it's finding the tough stuff that's closer that people are overlooking.
1: There you go. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's and that's a possibility too. I mean, a lot of places where we go, you're going to you're going to run into people uh or outfitters or whatever, you know, on horseback and everything, but a lot of those people, they're sticking right on that trail. They're not getting off that trail. The trail's safe. The trail, you know what I mean? That's that's a that's an easy play. And uh, sometimes it's just just getting outside that trail, just a little ways, and it opens up a whole new hunting ground.
0: Well, there's there's two goals that I've kind of put on this hunting season as I like. This is you know going to my third elk camp. Like it's it's awesome. I love it. But I, I try to go in with a goal that's like not just about the harvest just so I know I can come out being successful this year in particular like I want to stay out past dark and I want to get up before dark and be off trail at those hours because to me that that seems like it's key like even last year uh, just to relay a story Jeremy and I were in a late season hunt and we're coming back um, on the trail just as sun's going down and we see two bulls Like they're, they're out cruising and it's just about, just about five minutes of shooting light. And one of them was about 30 yards off the trail. And then Jeremy's like, oh shit, there's a bull. And we try to put the play on them really quick, but you know, they're, they're moving then. Right. And, and it's just a little, it seems to me like you just have to have the confidence, but that's too, where scouting come into play. Like if you're on the map, if you're checking things out, you know, you're maybe getting those mental reps on the terrain more than anything, just so you can feel confident about where you are.
1: And that's 100% of it. 100% of it right there. It's just like fishing, man. Confidence makes a huge play in fishing as well. (laughs) That's right. It's just if you you know you're going to get a bite, if you know there's fish there, you'll fish twice as hard. Mm. And uh, that's another reason we don't like to hunt the same spots over and over and over. We like to go to whole new areas just because you have preconceived notions about that spot. I've been there before. The elk are right here. This is sure. where they live. This is where they, you know, this is where I got into them that whole week. Right. And you come back and there's no out there right off the bat. You just go Phew, and it's just like, man, what happened? And it's just got this whole confidence thing that just, you know, just went from sky high. I cannot wait for elk season two. Oh man. Yeah. They're not here anymore.
0: No, I love the fishing analogy. Cause it's like, you know, someone was giving me a hard time. I was fishing and you know, I was happy hammering bluegills right they and i was like he's i'm like well you know what's cool about doing this when you cast a line expecting the bite like you act differently and you set the hook as opposed to when i've gone you know i'll go you know fly fishing in these obscure mountainous areas and i'm enjoying the scenery but i'm almost flinging the rod out there to practice casting not catch fish and there's a different mentality with that so um you gotta that that's i would say that The endurance to be mentally switched on or in that flow state or capturing ways to just be focused is the hardest part. I mean, I can't – in my even short time hunting, uh, whether it's on a turkey hunt, a deer hunt, or an elk hunt, I've probably seen more animals – going back to camp, loose, relaxed, talking shit, than, <laughs> than I have <laughs> when I'm going when crazy, right? So it's just like, how do you keep that? Uh, how do you just, you know, that's one thing a real good hunter has, whether it's a tree stand guy or guys like you. I mean, just to have that ability to be switched on all the time, that that's a muscle in itself.
1: Yeah, our motto, our whole elk hunting thing, and it's written on our pack. We have it on the inside of our packs sewn to the uh, to the top, to the top of the pack, the the collar of it to where when you're packing it in the morning or whenever it says it only takes one. Right. I love and it. if you keep that in your mind, I think all the time, no matter what, like, you know, no matter if you're sitting in your pickup, I don't care. You know, it only takes one. So what can I do to get that one? Mm. And what can I do to turn this kind of moment into the one? Right. So you got to be out there in order to do it.
0: No, I love it. That That's you know you, you you try and do all these technical gems but that that that's it right there and yeah. it kind of even i was trying to tell my wife you know i'm bouncing around we am getting excited it's august and she's like man this is a real thing for you I, it's finally sitting into her like this isn't this isn't jujitsu this isn't trying to play hockey this is like in like this is the lifestyle thing and all year and um she's like well what is it and i'm like it, it the cool thing about hunting is everything matters whether it's preparing your meal whether it's what time you wake up whether it's the jet boil you throw in your pack, like every little thing that you do matters. And I just find that that's such a contrast to normal life. Like half the crap I do from day to day, doesn't matter. I can do it later. I'll get to it later. You know, does it really matter? Do I need to eat this Cheeto? You know, like you don't like, but in the elk woods on hunting camp, like this, every step you take, every decision you make about where to park the truck or you know, put this in your pack that way. It has implications that could ultimately lead to success. And that's super addicting because I don't know whether to say the existence sometime can, can be sad, but you know, I, I can sit there and look at the accumulation of my task list and be like, this is, do I really have to call the hockey guy today? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is this, a, you know, like this isn't going to make or break it,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: It, that's a cool, that's a really cool thing to be in a moment that matters.
1: Well, and two, it's it's how can I how can I make those decisions? I think uh, pretty much involuntary, right? Mm. And that comes with uh, everything at uh, preparation. Um, one that comes to mind is just like shooting a target, your bow, you know when it does matter that, 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 that split decision, I want to make that as involuntary as possible to where I know my anchor point already. I know how I'm going to position my bow hand. I know more my feet are going to be all that's already done for me because I've done it thousands of times to where, okay, now I can focus on what really does matter. What's the yardage and where do I hold my pin? That's all I need to know. That's it. And, and I think there is, like you said, I think there's decisions out there that you can make ahead of time that, prep your whole day that yeah it still is a it, it still moves moves to change so to speak but at the same time you've already done them in your head so many times yeah it's just second nature so just to, just acting on the things that really matter at the time
0: yeah and, and I guess another level of that's experience right I mean I mean how yeah. I mean how many years have you been you know packing into the elk woods
1: Ah <sighs> about t- <laughs> I don't know. you don't wanna say don't it <laughs> uh, fifteen twenty I don't know
0: a lot, a lot, yeah, and there's something to be gained from that like you you know I don't think any amount of e scouting is going to catch you up to that, but you have to figure it out for yourself a bit um and and you you bring up preparation and you kind of allude to gear a little bit with with the bow talk and um yeah. one of the other clips that um I've run into is you know, everybody. I'm not a gearhead, but I like to watch some of the pack drops just for like that little thing that might be something to add to the gear that makes sense. And I know Cody did a pretty cool one. And again, this is where I think what's cool that you guys are doing. You did one like that was mountain biking. Uh, I was a Steve or Trevor who did one based on the truck. And then Cody did one that was kind of backpacking, which I thought was cool. Um, but, but how does your pack differ from poke from, from Cody's a bit? I know you guys all do the mountain house thing. Um, and, and he had a pretty good setup, uh, you know, and he talked about his tent setup, but is, is there a little difference in there that, that you found that's a cool creature comfort that's helped you in the backcountry to add to somebody's pack Again, I'll allude to it, The, uh, the, the instant potatoes trick. You know, I thought oh, yeah. that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah. So, so there's always a little gem in there to tinker with it. But you get besides besides having 19 pairs of socks or how to get them into your backpack.
1: That, um, that was what I was almost <laughs> going <gonna say. laughs> to say. You took it. No, no, no. I got I got some other stuff too. But yeah, no, no. no. I I always love clean socks. Clean yeah, socks yeah. make my day, man. I hear you. I, I've hunted with uh, Steve Speck, who has two pairs of socks, and we were in for I don't know how many days, and he takes it and he goes to a stream. And when we cross a creek, he'll take his socks off, he'll put his other socks on, and then he'll rinse his socks in the creek. And he has two tiny little carabiners on his back, and he just clips his socks. He has holes in the top of them to the carabiners and they just dangle off the back of his pack and dry out for the day. It's not nice. It's horrifying. (laughs) Oh, you hate it. Oh, just like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) Just pack the extra socks. It's only four pairs of socks. You know, (laughs) I just like the new socks, but, um, that's one thing. It's, it's the comforts, man. It's, it comes down to like, you're talking about mountain house, um, you know, a warm meal. Just sure. that much. Because I've hunted with like Grady Miller, who he's just uh, he's food is fuel, it's not fun. That was his motto. Food is fuel, it's not, it shouldn't be fun. And I'm like, yeah, but food is so fun, man. Yeah, I mean, when delicious. you hunt it all day, <laughs> it's so nice to heat up just to have a hot meal at the end of the day. And it got to where that the end of the at the end of that hunt, he was taking all my food. <laughs> and you know, I bring in Tapatio I love to have a little spice in it, you know, and, and Walmart, I don't think makes it anymore, but they used to have it in a powder form, a little powder Mm. thing of Tapatio. It was awesome. Um, comfort, uh, you know, uh, sometimes I'll, like I said, I'll bring in a little bit of whiskey, uh, in a, in a plastic vial and I'll bring in little packets of apple cider, you know, those little, packets of pure sugar pretty much now yeah. that I know. anyway and just you know you get some water you put the apple cider in and you put a little little whiskey in there and just at night just have a nightcap i've done that before i mean just those little things it turns out after a while and and you be around people pretty soon they're they're your best friend at, at night you know they're your best friends as far as they love to have those little they go wow this is you know it makes i'm not saying it makes a little whiskey's going to make a whole experience for you but it, it's 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 something right. It's, it adds to a different part of the hunt rather than we're hunting all day, guys. When it gets dark, you're going to put your camp out. You're going to eat dry food because we're not packing a stove. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're going to bed that way we can get up and we can do it all over. And It's like, man, let's make this hunt more than let's make it an experience rather than just a death march, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause, and that's part of it too. Like we're all super, you know, if this is your hobby, right and this is you know we're you're we're definitely in a place of privilege where if this is how you're spending your extra time to go rough it you know you, you're you're in a you're in a pretty good place but you should also make a moment to enjoy it because because it does have to be fun right and I can think about that I remember um I my one of my creature comforts is I I don't eat a lot of candy but when I do I eat mountains of Mike and Ike's and um <laughs> So what we had done is we were trying to figure out this game plan for this last hunt. and We were going to push into this little um, basin, and this guy was going to go here. This guy's whatever. We had it set up, but we couldn't figure out who's going to go where. And I took out the Mike and Ike's. I shook them up. I said the red one goes here, the blue one goes there, yellow one goes there, and what it it, it brought some fun to the situation. And then That's we all nice. got some Mike and Ike's, and we could storm off. So th- there's a place for it. I'm with you. Um, oh yeah. And I would tell you about the whiskey. I, I'm going. This might sound. I don't know if this is controversy. But I'm finding more and more, the older I get and the more I drink, um, which is less. But I can't drink at night anymore. I'm a day drinker, so I'm I'm flirting this year with. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Boston. More? Yeah, I'm gonna go Boston Red Sox. I don't know if you heard this. A couple years ago, when they won that first World Series to get off the Schneid to kind of break the tension, they they some of the guys were guilty of taking a, a small nip before the game just to loosen up so I'm thinking I'm thinking of having my little flask and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm thinking of taking a snort first thing in the morning and then just there you go let, letting those good good feelings flow through the day I don't know <laughs> good idea bad idea I mean <laughs>
1: hey is I, always like to, I, I always like to dehydrate myself right before a good workout. So yeah, it's yeah, not a bit, no, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to hurt you at all. It's, it's, and some people, you know, we do it like ceremonial kind of, you know, not yeah, yeah. ceremonial, but you know what I mean? You know, it's just, it's a, it could be used as a team bonding experience. It could be whatever. It's just, it make it, make it your own and, and have as much fun as you want to with it. I would totally, yeah, I would promote the heck out of it.
0: There it is. So, uh, bur- <laughs> bourbon before Beal, bulls how about that <laughs> put that on a t-shirt yeah oh do, yeah do that one for you everyone wants to do the end but uh, so last thing I'm, I'm selfishly gonna ask you uh uh you know i'm taking advantage of my military status um i get a good deal on uh tags and license to come to oregon and i want to check out the country the family we love going down to cannon beach i love driving through like tillamook and like oregon's beautiful Um, And I I could see if we stick in the Pacific Northwest, I could, I could see making Oregon a spot. The more we go down there, the more we like it, but haven't hunted it before. Uh, Logistically speaking, I know last year you guys made note of the fact that Oregon has moved to all digital tagging um, and some things like that. Are are there any, are there anything as a guy who's grew up in Oregon is uh, as an out of state or coming in for the first time, is there anything logistical or something that's different? I, I, I actually think the terrain in terms of Roosevelt uh, country has to be, somewhat similar it's it's thick dark nasty wet right yeah but uh logistically speaking is there something the first time we're going to oregon should consider um uh bef- before making the jaunt
1: down there are, now are we talking roosevelt exclusively or are we talking the whole state uh, as far as that goes
0: well no i honestly like as we consider you know again Jeremy's Jeremy puts a lot of planning into it um you know i i in particular like roosevelt country again that's 10 cup syndrome it seems harder seems thicker seems nastier there's something about the whole Roosevelt demeanor that gets me. Like, you know, it seems like the Rocky Mountain elk wants to – that's the kind of guy who would spike the football after scoring a touchdown. To me, a Roosevelt who's going to flick it back to the official and say, next play. Like, he just seems like that kind of guy to me, right? So I love it. But, uh, but you know, I put these personalities on these animals. Um, but, uh, you know, they, no, just in general, like, you know, um, just something to consider. Just anyone who's looking to come out of state and promote this. Sure. or. Or whatnot. I, mean, I don't want you to give away anything no, um, no, no, no. in terms of spotter knowledge, it. but just a, a thought process that, that, you know, is Oregon, you've been everywhere. You've done a lot of different things in these Western states and, and some more than others, but I would say, you know, Oregon's your home spot. Is there, is there just something about it that, that's a little different or something to consider?
1: I would definitely say, like Roosevelt's our home game, right? So it's it's our it's our when you're at your home stadium, hopefully you play better, I guess. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but at the same time, it's it's a harder game. It's it's a tough game. The level of entry into the Roosevelt game, I would say, is very very difficult. Whereas if you go east, you've got Colorado, you've got Wyoming, you've got new mexico and arizona they're a little different terrain wise but elk still elk behavior is still pretty much the same as is the rose roosevelt elk behavior it's just the climate it's just where you're hunting them and yeah. it's it's it can be i think it can just be huge as far as um we talked about the confidence levels a little bit ago and stuff like that it can be like a where in the heck do i start you mm-hmm. know and because it is so thick and it's it, it, it's just one of those things where it's like okay i'm here i i know there's roosevelts that live somewhere and right. you know what i mean so so that that's definitely going to be the tougher thing um to just uh, the hurdle to come over as far as that goes but and another one i would say is the difference between just the roosevelt hunting versus all the other states that we hunt is um is and it has to do with the terrain too is like we're, we bugle we're, we're very very vocal that's how we kill our elk and and that's the way we choose to hunt because we're most successful at it and it's so dense where we're at now it's we bugle way way more because the sound doesn't travel more you know mm. and the topography is so different from that of like colorado or wyoming where you got these long ridges and you've got these kind of mountain places where it's so broke up where we're at i mean there could be a drainage, but just one tiny little pocket over over a ridge that either they won't hear you or you know they won't respond to you or something. So, I mean, the one thing that I would say is like be more venturous. Like, okay. Yeah. Look on your maps and say, yeah, there's a flat down the bottom of this thing. Uh, it looks like hell to get there, but if something can live down there, that's it. That was where, you know, that'd be where I would be, you know? So, and go check it out. Go. It, there's, there's a lot more, I think boots on the ground in the, um, roosevelt woods whereas like they'll live in certain places where you just wouldn't think they'd be but when you get there it's just a beautiful open almost park scene you know so
0: yeah and and to be honest that even maybe speaks to the e-scouting bit a little bit where just to kind of do your due diligence to maybe check out different pictures i've been amazed that kind of tink before my first introduction to this was just on x but then um, this year in particular, kind of playing a little bit more with Google earth, you can actually get dates on the pictures and see the difference and they are different, you know? Um, so just doing your due diligence on that maybe would lead you to maybe check out a spot that's pretty gnarly or pretty nasty more yeah. than you would before. So rather than just lie on it, so, uh, rely on what, what on is telling you, but, um, no, man, it's, it's fun. It'll matter. It'll be fun. It'll be hard. It'll be interesting. And, um, uh, I have different motivation this year. My, I'm going to miss my daughter's uh, birthday. She, her birthday is September, um, 18th. Oh,
1: and, uh, prime time.
0: You know, she keeps telling me, she keeps telling me, daddy, you know, what I want for my birthday. I want an elk skull. And I'm like, all right. So that'll be <laughs> nice. She's my little five-year-old. And then my, uh, my seven-year-old, she's like, dad, we haven't eaten liver in a long time. And that's just cause daddy hasn't killed an animal in a long time. <laughs> so, so I got two little girls that just want the trophies and they want the meat. Um, yeah, Your motivation for you, I mean, as as you've gotten older and you've kept doing this, is is it is it still family first with all that, or or is anything else creeping into to to your why behind doing this?
1: Hundred percent, it's family first. Um, The meat is a huge, huge part for me. I mean, we can go through an elk a year, easy, you know. And I try to give away some of it as well, and try, you know, try to expand the whole the idea of, wow, this is incredible, you know, to other people as well. So, so I'll give some of that away, but, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always been family first. And honestly, that's the whole thing about the backbone of where, where I'm coming from as far as, you know, when I'm gone on a trip, I have my, I, I always carry my little in reach, you know, so I can text my wife uh, or family or whoever that I need to text and um anyway, and so we're in constant contact pretty much every single day. And that helps a ton, man. It really, really helps a ton. And and uh and it helps cause my wife motivates me. She's just like, keep at it, keep going, you'll find mm-hmm. them. Or, you know, I mean, she is like one of my main drivers as far as that goes. And that's that's what's helped me because there's been times, I won't lie, when you're out that many days, you just I want to go home. Sometimes I mean, you I just like I'm just about done. I don't want to hike another mile. I don't want to. I don't want to throw another bugle out there. I just want to hug. <laughs> I just want to hug. Yeah, yeah. So, so no, it's uh, it's definitely and so. So having those cheerleaders like that, like yeah. the you know, like the, hey, Dad, I'd love some liver or, or, or elk skull or everything. But uh, one mm-hmm. thing that I would say to people out there listening is don't ever plan your kids to be had in August, <laughs> September. October or November. There's just four months. You you can, you can do that. You can plan that, bud. You can plan that.
0: Yeah. I got one, my son's April. We got that covered. Uh, My youngest daughter, September 19th and my middle daughter, November 6th. So it's like, you know, (laughs) we're going to have to convert this over. And it it reminds me of playing. uh, I used to coach football down in Texas and Mm -hmm. my first year down there, me and my wife actually with military had to kind of do this eloping situation and we had to get married have the ceremony on Labor Day, and they were all just like, "No football coach gets married in August. That's football camp." And I'm like, "I love my wife. What do you want from me?" Like, it. <laughs> it's one weekend. It'll work out. This is high school. Oh, football.
1: I love it. I so love we'll,
0: it. We'll, we'll we'll get into it. But uh, no, I mean this was. um, Super fun. It's great to touch base and, and, and get it going. Um, I will, I'll give you a quick tip. I don't know if, um, Jeremy's, uh, sent me a pair of these Ellsworth socks, but the socks game is a big one. Uh, we wear them a lot. It's a, it's a sock that is super comfy. I know that putting on a nice pair of socks, is one of those things you don't realize how much you should do until you 100%. actually do it.
1: Right. He gave I mean, me, he gave <laughs> me two pairs. He gave me the winter pair and the regular pair, the winter pair, are a little, they're pretty, they're pretty legit. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh the regulars, they're pretty awesome, man.
0: Yeah. Well, sweet. Uh, Throw that out and it's cool. I mean, their granddad played for the Yankees. They're a local Pacific Northwest company. Check them out. And I don't know if you know this Trent, but two years in, if you don't like the socks, they'll exchange them for you. So yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, uh, check them out. Um but it's fun, man. Uh, yeah, they hope- do a lot
1: with the military as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do some special forces stuff and, and they're good dudes. Um, but it, it's cool to yeah. me, even as I tinker in this hunting space and this will be the last thing. One thing I think that's super interesting about it is a lot of these hunting specific companies. I love the fact that they're American made again. And again, we'll go back to what I brought up in the beginning with this COVID thing. I'm hoping that there's a, that there's a shortening of supply lines too, where we start making some things like that again. Um, yeah. And I know you guys have some cool relationships with some other companies, but uh, I love that aspect of it too. There's yeah. a cool brotherhood even within that space, you know, to get better gear, American gear, um, gear that's specific for the woods and also to kick it back to conservation, which I think is pretty rad. So uh, uh, any other, any other sleeper? I mean, we mentioned your, um, we mentioned your, uh, the training outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh,
1: we mentioned, uh, little Feel of the pursuit. Yeah, yeah. If you want to check them out, uh, they're just starting out, uh, some stuff. They'll have some cool stuff by this next year. I think they'll have some neat, neat workout programs and, and some stuff that people can get involved in. And, and they're just like, um, what's so neat about them is, is they're wanting just to help. It's not, awesome. it's not, it's not for financial gain or, you know, it's not for all that they are genuine genuinely wanting to help people out and, and wanting to help people achieve some of uh, the goals that they might have. So it's it's pretty awesome.
0: Well I ain't mad at him for trying to make a buck. I mean come on. We might as well make a buck doing what you like you know more than anything else. And I know I even know you guys are into I mean look I know you guys are at COVID's really screwing up your game bag pursuit but you guys also have tons of gear. Any yeah. any um I know in a couple of videos you're it's a few weeks. We're almost here is you know Will the game bags be out in time for folks to get them for this season?
1: It is so – it has been a journey as far as the game bag. Yeah, it has. And COVID really, really put a kibosh on about it you know, three months of that or so. Mm. And, um, or else we would have them by now. It's been tough though, as far as, and it goes back to the financial part is, and it goes honestly again, back to the, like you were saying, making stuff in the States and everything, which we were making our bags in, in the United States. And, uh, it's just been, it's really been financially. It's like, we can't make a game bag. Like we sent our, we sent the ones that we, that we had made, to sew shops we send them to like five or six different sew shops all around the country and uh it came back as where like we would have to sell them for like 150 dollars for a set mm. of them and, or $170 for a set, them. It's like, we cannot do, you can't do that. There's gotta be a better way, you know? So, so it, it's a little double-edged sword as far as making an in-state and trying, cause if you outsourced it, it would be what, you know, it would be half of that, you know, sure. and then it would be portable and cost worthy. So, so yeah, so it, it's been a very, very big hurdle. We've had to uh, do some just tiny little redesigns on some stuff and it actually, some of it came out even better than we had before. So cool. that's been a huge blessing. But um, but yeah, we are we're gonna probably I'm just so jacked. Anyway, <laughs> next week we should have we should, I, we should have our first little shipment of them, uh, and it's gonna be limited to like how many bags that they can do a week for us, and um, we're hoping to get the price point down that's reasonable for everybody, and uh, and and it doesn't you know bankrupt us because there would be no point obviously if we did that. So so yeah, we but it's looking like I mean maybe a tiny little. Push of them like the twenty sixth or something of okay. August. so it's, it's it's something. It's something. But yeah, it's been it's been really 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 time consuming and difficult. And so Cody's kind of fronted up that project. He's been doing a great job at it. And and uh, but still the roadblocks. It just seems like. God doesn't want us to have game bags sometimes, man.
0: <laughs> well, come on. I, I could see, I would see old JC being an elk hunter. Just, you know. He I'm might, assuming.
1: I mean.
0: <laughs> he'd at least appreciate the effort. I mean, if he's going to sit down with lepers and tax collectors and prostitutes, I mean, he would have something to say to a guy who drinks his whiskey before pulling his bowstring back. So we'll work that out but we uh, should talk about it man um well this is great you guys at born and raised guys check out their website check out their youtube channels uh reach out um super uh super approachable fellas uh great content and i'll tell you i've said it before to you um it's really cool it's a guy who did not have a hunting mentor uh growing up didn't do this growing up i mean your content is really helpful to a guy picking this up late in thank life. So you for I me really personally it's that. awesome um so thanks a lot man and, th- and thanks thank for you. Thanks for your time, brother.
1: No problem, man. Tell Jeremy I said hi.
0: We're going to do it. Uh, Y'all take it easy. Train, hunt, and live your best life possible. I'll do this. Uh, Jeremy always leaves us off with a God bless America. You can God bless whatever you'd want. Would, would, you, uh, <laughs> would you like to, would you like to, to end uh, the show? Trent? Game
1: bags. There you go. <laughs> oh right. no. Um, yeah, <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Everybody out there just seasons coming seasons right around the corner. Just be safe. Be, everybody be safe with these weird times that we're having and, and go out and have fun and do something you never thought you could do.
0: Safety first. I will say, um, hiking is one of my favorite pastimes. And this year in particular, the same kind of, hey, how are you? Howdy attitude just isn't there. It's backs turned and looking away. And I just hope that this thing doesn't take our humanness from us. And I'm hoping that we can find that back again in elk camp. So um, I love it. I love where you took that. Thank you, Trent. Yeah, no problem, man.